welcome to PNR Chicklet episode eight. This is dedicated to paranormal romantic comedies and cozies. I'm Tammy Lund, and I'm here with my co-host R.E. Butler and our special guest Mila Young. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hey. Hello. All right, Mila, we are so excited you are joining us today, and we want to talk about your book, Accidentally Married to a Demon. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Excellent. Thank you. It's amazing to be here and uh, and be with you girls. All right, let's jump in. So basically, my uh, story really starts off with a girl who's you know a bit down on her luck. She just lost a job. She has less than $20 in her bank account. And you know what? I think pretty sure that's going to terrify everyone and anyone. Mm. And uh, really, <laughs> the <terrified>. next day, <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be in panic zone at that stage, to be honest. <laughs> and what have I got at home to sell? But anyway, um, <laughs> so basically, you know, she then the next day receives a phone call, the kind of phone call I think we all dream of. And it's not the, you know, hey, you won lotto. It's the, um, hey, you've just inherited something from a long lost uh, relative. And in her case, it happens to be a, a vineyard in Transylvania, um, something that she didn't know that her auntie had. And considering the luck that she's had, she's like, sure. I'm going to go and check it out, sell it and make a whole bunch of money. Uh, and um, considering the plane is, uh, you know, sort of like a, a free flight, she, she goes for it. Um, when she arrives there, is, what she finds out is that basically she's uh, based in the middle of, of nowhere. There's a woods, there's farms and the vineyard is, is run down. There's nothing growing in the backyard. The house is like in shambles. And she's like, what did I just inherit? How am I going to possibly sell this and make a fortune? Um, what she does do, she meets the caretaker who she believes is the caretaker of the house. And uh, suddenly the lawyer arrives and she's like, oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, you know, I had other business with other clients. I'm here so we can sign off your final contract. Um, as she does, she accidentally spills some blood. I won't, ex I won't, I won't spoil how that happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <in> the contract. <laughs> Everybody's one clicking right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically signs a contract going, all right, sure. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take this, uh, this place and I'll take care of it. What she doesn't know is that the caretaker isn't who he thinks he is, uh, but basically a demon a kind of in disguise who has been cursed to be in that house. And she has just signed away her, her I guess, her, her rights and, and she's just married a demon. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and wait, I love what, it so much. So she's, so she's human and she doesn't yes. know that demons even exist at this point. Well, she actually has a little bit of uh, witch blood in her, but oh. she has completely ignored that side of her family because she had a huge fight with her mum. So as far as she's concerned, she's human and wants nothing to do with that side. Oh, wow. So those elements are going to come play into the story, especially as the series evolves. And she'll have to accept, I guess, you know, her, her true heritage eventually. Really? Uh, but right now for the book, it's really more about her going, all right, I am in this situation with this demon who just happens to be absolutely hot as anything. And I should be attracted to this demon, but <laughs> she is. <laughs> Yeah, they tend to be. They tend to be. And uh, basically the story is about her getting to meet the other people in the small village uh, who all have really strange stories and, and really finding out that there's a vampire council in town that could potentially help her out of her contract, which is oh. 
generally the idea of the of oh, story. Fine. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that that is super cool. So you mentioned so it is part of a series then. So we we won't just get one book, we're going to get a bunch of books. Yes, absolutely. So this is book one. And really, I, I, I wanted to just establish the world and introduce the characters and, and I guess show where they're coming from. And then the next book is going to be very much delving into her past and, um, you know, why the demon is actually cursed in this house. Um, but I, on a side note, there is something funny, actually, in, in the story that happens with the demon. He's, he's, he's kind of like, I guess, gotten himself so comfortable living here for decades and decades that he actually um, has locals coming into his house and he does a little, I guess, future tellings. so they would be like oh what's going to happen to me and and so forth then he's like um he has no need for money so they pay him in goods they produce the house is filled with giant cheese wheels and (laughs) (laughs) and bread (laughs) so when she comes in she's like what is happening in this house (laughs) that is awesome oh my gosh (laughs) how much one. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to read this. <laughs> what yeah, is the so, series called? Uh, Fiend's Peak. So that's kind of like, I guess, the, the town uh, that she's going into. And it's kind of like right in the middle of, I guess, uh, Transylvania, which is actually not too far from uh, where they say Dracula's castle is. Right. Um, so oh. it's kind of like, because from her area, her, her farm, she can kind of see it in the far, far distance. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so what inspired you to write Accidentally Married to a Demon? Um, I was born in Transylvania in, in Romania. And I've always loved the idea of just actually writing something from, I guess, where I came from. Uh, I was very young when I left the country, but I've always had this passion and I've always done a lot of research into it. And um, it's not my first story I've based in here, but I always try to make them different. So in this particular one, I wanted to go to rural uh, Romania and really just show, I guess, you know, the superstition that exists in, in some of these countries or this country or on some of these towns mm-hmm. and just, I guess, how people actually behave in, in, in the town. And I mean, I grew up in the city in Romania, but rest of my family were all in country. So we always visited farms. So in my mind, I've still got this imagery of when I grew up of how the country looks. And that's exactly what I wanted to sort of, I guess, um, you know, show in the story and, and, and how it actually works, except with supernaturals, of course. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Transylvania. You never know, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Anything in the shadows. <laughs> that is so awesome. So tell us, um, tell us something about your self that something utterly interesting that I think ties into all this so obviously being born in Romania and you know one of the things that the the country is known for is um gymnastics um because you've got you know Nadia Comaneci who comes from there and everyone knows her as Mm. you know being very Mm. successful so I I was put into gymnastics at the age of three um and I, I did it for about um five, five years, five, six years uh, in the country before we left. And what was sad is that towards the end, I left the country when I was eight and my dad had left the country uh, a year earlier. He'd actually ran away from the country because he was communist and he wanted a better life for his family. And uh, when I left, they actually confiscated (laughs) all of my medals. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I had actually won quite a few medals during my gymnastic championships and they had taken them off me because I didn't deserve to have them if I was basically, you know, with um, somebody who escaped their country. Oh, so it was kind of sad because, like, I mean, I was eight. So I was like, "What? what's happening? Why am I oh, having to give back my, my stuff? Away. I know, I know. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of a sad story. Sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> it's fascinating. fascinating. It's very fascinating. <laughs> yeah, so it's, 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 it's good. I mean, when we came here, I did a bit of gymnastics but didn't continue with it. Uh, I, it's very different. The way they train you there is is so strict. Uh, like, you know, you have to be in a split and that push down on your shoulders, you know, so you go lower and lower and you got to sit like that for, you know, an hour and so forth. They're really, really pushy. That oh I do not do that. I do not have that kind of control. <laughs> okay, first, let's get into splits. <laughs> I don't even go those ways anymore. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Let alone staying there for an hour. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I think I was lucky at the time. You know, when you know kids are flexible, they can move anything. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Still. <laughs> All right. Well, that was utterly interesting. Uh, but tell us something interesting about the book itself. Um, so, in the book, my, my background is uh, social media. Uh, I work in uh, social media in lots of different companies. Uh, and I guess when I write, I can't help but put a part of myself in every story. Whether sure. it's this part, that part, everything, it always comes from something personal. I think I think Ooh. most authors do that, to be honest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, so I gave the main character, uh, Nilsa, uh, a blog. She basically writes a blog uh, where she talks about everything she does normally. She shares activities and it's massive. She's got like, I think, uh, about 10,000 followers so far and it's growing significantly. When she goes to Transylvania, she starts changing her uh, her approach on her blog and starts. she, she decides, I'm going to be real. I'm going to tell them what's really happening. There's a freaking demon here and I just married him because they tricked me into a contract. <laughs> And basically, basically, she puts that in her blog and, and all of her readers are, are like, oh, okay, that's an interesting twist. It's so good that you're going into fiction now. So they're not, they're not truly like, believing not. her, clearly. <laughs> exactly. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to roll with the punches. So she keeps telling them stuff like that. And, you know, um, basically, I, I, I like the idea of, you know, just – in in general most people are very skeptical they don't believe that sort of stuff yeah um, and for her to sort of be very realistic about it and technically she's not lying she's being truthful and then people right. believing it in the way that suits them you know then it works fine that's, awesome. <laughs> so that's the best part though and it's funny yeah, yeah. you're writing paranormal you're writing paranormal about yes humans who deal with paranormal but don't believe like that's awesome yeah, yeah. exactly put a bit of a spin i mean i I have this addiction, and my husband can attest to it. I watch those crazy um, ghost hunter shows. Don't ask me why. I am addicted to them, and I know they're not real or anything. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but like you know, you you have these uh, uh, couples, and there's always usually the husband. The wife is always the one that's haunted. And it's always the husband that's always like, no, I don't believe it until something happens to him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. So it's that kind of angle, I guess, I was trying to put in there. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So you, so um, 
I accidentally married a demon. No, accidentally married to a demon. Yes. Sorry. Is available as an ebook. Um, where can where can readers find you? Tell us how we can stalk you on the various. Cool. So uh, obviously Amazon, my my books are in Kindle Unlimited, so they can easily access them through there. Uh, And uh, you can find me on my website, which is millayoungbooks.com or uh, simply on Facebook. I've got a very active reader group, which is Miller Young's uh, Wicked Readers. And I'm pretty much on there daily. So like a crazy stalker. I'm (laughs) I'm always on there. Stocking is good. Stocking is good. I'm I'm always on there. So yeah, I can pretty much find me then and have a chat to me anytime. Wonderful. All right. Uh, Our missing co-host, Kinsley Adams, is going to narrate the first chapter of Accidentally Married to a Demon uh, for our readers listening pleasure. We hope everybody enjoys it. And we are Paranormal Chicklet, and we hope to see you for the next episode on April 6th. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. This is Accidentally Married to a Demon by Mila Young, Chapter 1. Unfortunately, we are downsizing. All the executives were told to drop employees, so this isn't personal. The senior editor in charge stood before the six of us, pretending this was anything but a money-grabbing exercise. We'd all seen the advertising agency's profit announcement, $50 million, a new record, and they fired us junior editors who were on measly salaries anyway. What a bunch of dicks. The room remained deadly silent and unease curled in my stomach. My mind raced with recollections of the $800 I had in my savings. Though how long before I chewed through that? I might need to get a roommate after all, which sucked. Cherry remained standing at the head of the table in our meeting room in her power suit. I sighed heavily, wanting to leave already, rip the band-aid off and move on. All the years I put into my job meant nothing to them. The ache deepened that I would be unemployed and in need of another job fast. As your last day is today, I'll need each of you to pack your belongings, hand in your phones, laptops, and key passes. She watched us emotionless and flicked the chestnut curl dangling over her brow. I never liked the woman when she started here six months earlier and brown nose to everyone, including flirting to keep her job, and I sure didn't like her now. A soft mumble of whispers rose around the table from my worried colleagues. I tuned out as she rattled on, and instead I shook all thoughts out of my mind, my knees bouncing under the table. This wasn't what I needed when I had bills piling up, and neither was the rising sickness hitting the back of my throat. The lights in the room flickered like they might go out. Everyone stared up, and I cringed on the inside. Excuse me. I rose to my feet, needing to head to the bathroom before I threw up everywhere. I had this horrible gag reflex to high anxiety, and the lights popped. I didn't need to check to know the lights in the building were flickering as well. It happened whenever I was stressed or annoyed, just like vomiting. Yeah, I was complicated. Mom taught me to control how I let the power rush through me. That was about as much as I let her teach me about the way of life of a witch that I'd inherited from her, and it was generally enough. She wasn't the loving, caring kind of mother— but more of the do-it-this-way-or-else approach. And she wasn't shy to lock me in the cupboard under the stairs for full days as punishment. I cringed at the memories. As soon as I hit 18, I moved out, and even now at 26, I didn't look back. I made it to the bathroom just in time and hurled out my lunch, the lights still flickering crazily. 
When I finished spewing my guts out, I washed my mouth out at the sink and looked at my reflection in the mirror. The flashing lights settled as my pulse did. I stared at the glassiness of my green eyes, the messy ponytail holding my red hair, and a speck of something on my shirt. I glanced down. Oh, please don't be vomit. Hastily, I washed the blemish, leaving a wet patch over my heart, revealing the top of my lace bra. I huffed. Who the hell cared, right? Not like I worked at the agency anymore. That part left me sighing again. Okay, I said to myself. You'll get a new job. You've got experience, and you'll also apply for unemployment benefits tonight. Then why did my stomach hurt again? Shaking myself physically, I pushed the loose strands off my face and headed out of the bathroom. A screeching laugh came from the hallway to my left, and I looked in that direction to find my ex, Liam, hugging and tickling the new graphic designer they just employed. My whole body froze solid. We'd just broken up two weeks ago, and his parting words would never leave me. Don't shed a parting tear for me. Asshole. I turned away, figuring I wasn't going to walk past them so I'd go the long way back to the meeting room. Nilsa, Liam rumbled out. Oh God, I mumbled under my breath. Hey, he touched my shoulder and I turned to him, forcing a smile like everything in my life was superb. His new girlfriend was nowhere in sight. I heard the news and I wanted to say I'm so sorry. I blinked at him, trying to decipher his sarcasm. It's fine. I was going to leave anyway, so it's perfect timing. I hated how easily I lied, but Liam did that to me after he split us up for me not being career-driven enough. What sort of crap excuse was that? He was an editor, one hop up from my position. Anyway, I had enough of him. Really? But you used to tell me this was your dream job, he continued, his eyes narrowing as if he was ready to pick apart my fly. Yeah, well, things change, I answered a bit too fast. Taking a deep breath, my words spilled out. I got another offer as senior editor at the New Tribune. His mouth dropped open. Wow, they're the biggest paper in town. He ran a hand through his light hair, his pale blue eyes staring at me with that look that made me fall for him in the first place. Except I slapped myself mentally, remembering Liam was a player. Yep, I can't wait. And haven't you been trying to become senior editor for a while? He nodded the wheels spinning behind his eyes at how I could possibly have jumped in my career above him. Well, I better go. The lies were becoming too easily, which scared me. And one call to the paper would reveal my fib. But I'd be long gone from the agency by then, and it was everything to see the fallen expression on his face. Call me sadistic, but after he made me cry for a week straight from dumping me, well, I enjoyed every moment of seeing his shock. I hurried down the corridor. Hey, Nilsa, want to catch up for drinks after work like the old days? I miss you. And there he was, the real Liam, dickhead extraordinaire. I glanced over my shoulder to where his new fling stood further down the hall behind him and said, I think your new girlfriend might have an issue with that. Liam, she blurted, her cheeks blanching. I smiled and hiked it out of there. But there wasn't a part of me that didn't believe this would somehow come back and bite me. Hell. Candiestcane.blogspot.com Hi guys, it's the sweetest witch again. Well, today didn't run the way I wanted it to. Woke up, got my coffee, headed into work. The subway was a little too packed, so I had to stand all the way. Sure, it's only two stops, but it still sucks all the camel testicles. Got to the office. Someone got in a little too early, put the thermostat a little higher than I like. We're in the middle of goddamn summer. If you want to work in a sweat lodge, why not step outside and get the work done there? Oh, and I got fired today too. I know, 
Way to bury the lead, right, Nilsa? I know that I didn't do anything. I mean, sure, everyone says that sort of thing. But in the end, when I was talking to the senior editor in charge of my division, he said that all the executives were being told to drop employees, and that just meant that all the junior editors were getting dropped. The guy fired us in a group meeting. How fucking lazy is that? It always sucks to be fired from a job that you love. I liked working for the Echo Agency. I'm good at my job, so it's not like I can't find work elsewhere, especially with a recommendation waiting for me. And the severance package is pretty sweet, too, but it certainly isn't where I wanted to be at the end of the day. Still, I'm meeting up with the rest of the folks that were fired for drinks later today. I might post pictures, but no promises. That's it for me on this post. Lots of hugs. The candiest cane around. Nilsa. It wasn't my best post. People had come to expect more than just life updates from me on my blog. But then today didn't feel like the time to drop a meaningful limerick or anecdote. I already had enough on my mind, and I couldn't stop thinking about being fired in a herd with others. It left a terrible taste in my mouth. I got dressed to head out. A nice summer attire, t-shirt, jeans, my favorite boots, a quick ponytail, earrings, my necklace charm, and a little retouching of my makeup was all that was really needed, ready in less than ten minutes. Not bad, I whispered to myself, staring down the odd woman with bright emerald green eyes looking back at me. Not bad at all. So I kept my magic in check, mostly pretending I didn't have any, and tried to lead a normal, human life. Mom once called me an ostrich for not wanting to admit I was a witch, but after everything I'd seen her and other witches do growing up, the hurt they caused others, the changes it brought out in them, well, that wasn't my cup of tea. So, call me an ostrich. Days were longer in the summer in New York, and I could feel the last few rays of sunshine still bursting from between the buildings, letting it soak into my pale skin. People hurried down the sidewalk, most looking like they just left work, so I briskly wove around them. Soon I'll have to go and find another job, I mumbled, seeing the sign for the Irish bar coming up quickly, then pushed the thought out of my mind. For now, I didn't care about work. One of the few co-workers that I actually considered a friend was waiting outside for me with a cigarette in her lips. I smiled, closing in on her, but keeping about a pace of distance between us while she finished off the little white cylinder and stuffed it into a nearby ashtray. How are you doing, Nilsa? she asked, patting my shoulder. I shrugged. I mean, I didn't expect to be fired this morning, but oddly optimistic. How about you, Kels? Need me to do my Jack Nicholson impression to make you feel better? Kels laughed, flipping her auburn curls back out of her eyes. No, but I do appreciate the thought. I think I just need a drink, maybe a good one-night stand, and then I'll be ready to get back on the whole job search thing. Well, I know that's going to go well. I leaned in and kissed her cheek, popping in on all the job interviews like, Here's Johnny! She snorted, shaking her head. Fuck you. <laughs> Come on, Jenny and Charles are already here. Bridge said that she'd be a little late. We both stepped into the bar, and I motioned to Cass, the bartender. He waved back and already started filling a tall glass mug with beer, quickly motioning for one of the waitresses to get it to me as I joined the rest of the team that had been fired today at one of the booths in the back. Nilsa, Charles called, waving her over. Nice post on your blog. You guys all follow Nilsa's blog, right? She's got, like, what, almost 10,000 followers by now? People like the idea of putting ideas of the occult into regular day-to-day -day terms, Jenny noted as Kels and I took our seats. I mean, there's always going to be a place for fear-mongering, but having this stuff explained in a way that takes out the woo-hoo voodoo shit? How do you know so much about the occult anyway? 
I did tell them in the past that it was because my mom is an actual practicing witch and I inherited the gift from her, but they'd taken it as a joke. No point in pressing the issue. I minored in occult studies while I was finishing my journalism degree, I lied, smiling at the waitress that brought my beer. It's always been interesting to me, so I kept on doing independent research after I graduated. I started using the blog to take down my thoughts like a diary, and it sort of just took off. Well, at least you have something to keep you busy while you're out of a job. Charles took a sip from what looked like a Manhattan. Kels reached over and squeezed her shoulder. We're all in the same boat. Drinking our troubles away is just the sort of thing one needs to hit the ground running from this point. I took another sip from my beer and smiled. Time to spend some of that last paycheck, Jenny shouted, raising her bottle of light beer. Here's to hitting the ground running. Here, here, I replied, and was met by a chorus of the same from the rest. I needed something to numb the growing worry that if I didn't find a job soon, I'd end up homeless. That was chapter one of Accidentally Married to a Demon by Mila Young. I hope you'd enjoyed it, and uh, we hope to see you guys here for the next episode in April. Bye!